Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And what a weekend. Man, it was crazy. There was a a whole bunch of things that happened this weekend. First of all, I want to talk about Trevor Noah, right? Trevor Noah, the comedian. He says, in effect, uh, do you miss Trump yet? Because these things would never have happened without Trump. And, of course, he's talking about what's going on with Russia and how the— the things continue to get worse and worse with Ukraine, uh, meaning worse and worse that they're not getting any support, but they're holding their own. And not only that, it was a huge weekend with with news. Philly hit its 100th homicide of the year, and we're only halfway into the third month of the year, not to mention that. But there was this woman. She uh, decided to seduce a guy, and she gets him to a motel room, And then you're never going to believe why she actually attacked him, but it has to do with a geopolitical concern. Crazy stuff. So I want to get into this stuff because obviously I miss President Trump, but I think a lot of people miss President Trump and not the least of which are actors, athletes, comedians. There's so many of them out there. I heard this clip last week. It's a little bit old, but I thought, man, what an eye-opening clip because it really sets the stage for what President Trump was talking about this weekend at his rally, which there's a bunch of clips on that. I'm not going to play them all, but I got a couple for you that I think you're going to enjoy. But this clip that I want to play right now is of a UFC fighter, Colby Covington. You heard him. And in 20 seconds, he wraps up what so many Americans are thinking right now. Check this out. Mr. 45, President Trump, greatest living American and greatest president in history, man. The things he did for this country. All you liberals out there that say he didn't. Look look at inflation. Look at you know our open borders. Our, our f***ing country is going to sh- right now without him so we need him back in 2024 trump 2024 and and, you know he's gonna come back and and make america great again so that's colby covington now listen he's not the only one like i said trevor noah also had something to say and of course he's talking about the debacle that we've got in ukraine but you know straight ahead we're going to get into a bunch of things i want to talk about inflation and how biden's playing the blame game and uh, about what's going on with this person who started stabbing people in the uni- uh, excuse me the university <laughs> the museum of modern art in new york city and ended up uh, getting caught by cops in philly so we're going to get to all of that but right now i want to jump into this this quick clip from trevor noah so you can hear something you probably thought you wouldn't have heard but trevor noah trashing biden and saying look malo que sea that's in spanish for uh, as bad as he might be this never would have happened under trump Listen to this. There is no denying that Saudi Arabia isn't playing ball with Joe Biden. And you know what? You can say what you want, but this would have never happened to Donald Trump. Never. No one was ever ignoring Donald Trump's calls. 
Yeah, because if you ignored Donald Trump's calls, you didn't know how he would respond. Maybe he'd send an angry tweet, or maybe he'd just, like, ban your country from everything. You don't know. That's why I bet in these situations, Biden actually wishes that he could hire Trump to step in as president wildcard. You know, just keep everyone on their toes. Because if Trump was calling, you best believe the UAE, they'll be racing to pick up the phone. Oh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, we're here. We're here. Hello? Too late, Ahmed. You made me wait two rings. <laughs> we're bombing the UAE and the UFC, just in case. <laughs> that was terrific. He actually is funny. Uh, when people say, oh, he's not even funny. I think he's pretty funny, actually. I don't watch the show, but I do think it was funny. But this is what he's talking about. He's saying, look, people would definitely not disrespect Trump. And, and it, he was too much of a wild card. People really couldn't count on saying, you know what? We know what he's going to do the way you can say it with Biden. Now, I don't want to spend forever on Russia and Ukraine because I get into this every week and it's Putin, 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 Putin and more Putin. But one of the things that I do want to touch base on is just I see the comments on social media and I see so much of what's going on and, and the conversations that are out there. And I thought, you know what, let me give a couple of words, share a few thoughts on what's going on, because China is now saying, look, not only are we going to finance the war, but if we have to uh, participate militarily, we will. They're also saying that they're not going to cooperate with the United States over Ukraine after their intensive talks with Biden and Washington and whatnot, because they're in bed with Russia. And that's something I think we've talked about before. And we're going to continue to see this alliance with Iran, the alliance with Russia, the alliance with Venezuela, the alliance with Cuba, and everybody else that is one of these communist sympathizing countries that says, you know what, we're going to do this stuff. But I mentioned that President Trump was conducting a rally this weekend. And he was. And I have some audio from that that I want to play for you because he said it like nobody else could say it. In true Trumpian fashion, do you miss me yet? You miss Trump yet? Listen to this. My leadership, America, was feared by our enemies and we were respected by all the fake news. They are fake. The fake news said my... You know, when I first started in politics, I have to say that they had a very high approval rating. Now they have an approval rating that's lower than Congress. Isn't that nice? <laughs> so we got the point across. The fake news said my personality would get us into a war. I'm telling you, that guy's going to get us into a war. But actually, my personality is what kept us out of war. was the only president in nearly four decades who did not get America into any new conflicts. Instead, I brought our troops and our wonderful children back home. I brought them back home where they belong. That's President Trump this weekend in South Carolina. Now, look, uh, you've heard the audio. I want to jump into this because he's right. He didn't say anything that wasn't true. And, and I agree with Trump on most things. Occasionally we have these um, differences of opinion, but for the most part, he's spot on. And, and now even the Hollywood left realizes it. Folks that are in sports and athletes and whatnot, they realize it. So many people are saying, look, you know, I just can't sit here and listen to Biden say lie after lie, leaving the border wide open. And again, I don't want to be too hyperbolic. Obviously, the border is not wide open. There are very, very brave men and women at the border rounding these people up. They're just outnumbered because they're being flooded. So it's not that the border's open, but it's that when they're caught, they're immediately released, right? The infamous catch and release program because Biden's team has changed the game. 
It's rigged, if you will, right? Because they're saying that you can apply for asylum even if you're just broke in another country. You're poor? Come on in. No problem. We'll take you. It doesn't matter. There's no limit. We'll never say no. And that's the world that Biden lives in. But I want to get into this Putin stuff, this Ukraine stuff, uh, briefly, just because I had some thoughts and I probably won't get back to this for a while because this is becoming uh, an ongoing saga. It's like a soap opera more than uh, a news commentary. So I don't want to stay on top of this uh, uh, in every episode. But I had some thoughts and I want to put them out there. So my thought was, in life, we always say, put it in writing. That's what we say when we want to record something and prove what took place. Well, there's a quote. It's the first sentence in this 5,000-page narrative uh, entitled Article by Vladimir Putin on, quote, the historical unity of Russians and Ukrainians, July 12, 2021. This is on the president of Russia's website, en.kremlin.ru. All right, so that's english.kremlin.russia. So here's the first sentence. During the recent direct line, when I was asked about Russian-Ukrainian relations, let me do this in my Putin voice. Uh, During the recent direct line, when I was asked about the Russian-Ukrainian relations, I said that Russians and Ukrainians were one people, a single whole. These words were not driven by short-term considerations or prompted by the current political context. It is what I have said on numerous occasions and what I firmly believe. Therefore, I feel it necessary to explain in detail and share my position and assessments of today's situation. Now, he goes on to talk about the denazification, and we talked about that in the last episode. I'm not going to repeat that. You can listen to it if you like. But what, what I find interesting is he put it in writing. Now, that's Putin. He didn't write about biolabs. He didn't write about a lot of things that we hear about from the propagandists. Right? Isn't that fascinating? 5,000 words and biolabs doesn't appear in there once. Chemical weapons, biological weapons doesn't appear in there at all. So everybody that's out there saying, oh, but this is the, the, the same as the Cuban Missile Crisis. This is it. I mean, would you like it if Canada had stuff on your border? Come on. Really? If you really believe that, I've got the best bridge to sell you. I really do. You're going to love It's, believe me, beautiful. It's terrific. You're going to love it. Believe me. It's really, I do. Because... One has to be a special kind of naive to really believe all of this stuff. The reason Putin didn't write about biolabs and whatnot is because while they're there, he would have had an actual legitimate claim to say, you know what, I think that a foreign power, the United States, is colluding with the Ukrainians close to the Russian border with biological weapons, which, as you know, under Geneva's conventions and whatnot, they're not allowed. They're illegal. And I demand an inspection. Where's Hans Blix? But no, that's not what happened. In fact, these labs for research and containment of biological attacks and threat assessment or whatever they want to call it, they've been around for at least 16 years from a two-second Google. And we have labs like this all over the world because these are partnerships in the government. Now, look, I don't always believe the official government narrative, and I'm not saying I believe it right now. But what I am saying is that the most famous lab like this was the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And we already know that Dr. Fauci was providing proxy funding to these labs under the guise of research grants and through other institutions. Just like uh, Biden's crack pipe kits, which are funded through grants through the Department of Health and Human Services. But yes, make no mistake, it's a Ziploc, comes with some papers and some other things, and it has a syringe and a crack pipe. It's a complete whatever, you know, drug of choice. There's a whole kit. You could take your, choose your paraphernalia. 
pick your poison. So for anyone to say that Putin needed evidence, quote unquote, and I'm just quoting and quoting the people that are out there just saying things, evidence of a laboratory, it's a complete lie. It's a total fabrication. Newsweek reported on these labs in 2017. Then again in 2021, this was never a secret. It was never covert. It was always known. And that's why I said whether these labs exist to create weapons or not is irrelevant. The whole thing is a pretext. It's not that the lab isn't real, and it's not that they're not doing this biological research or creating the weapon to deconstruct the weapon or whatever it is. It's that it's not the reason to have 90,000 troops on the border and now 190,000 or whatever the latest number is with 97 children that have been killed. Can you believe that? Because that's the latest number. Don't believe me? Ask Zelensky. Currently, we have 97 children that died during this war. Can you imagine famous CN Tower in Toronto? If, they, if it was hit by Russian bombs. Of course, I don't wish this on anyone, but this is our reality in which we live. We have to contemplate, we have to see where the next bombing will take. There you go, straight from the horse's mouth. Now, listen, I, I'm not going to, I can only imagine that even in a fake war, because people are saying this is a fake war, it's the Ukrainians killing the Ukrainians. The Russians aren't killing anybody. They're just bombing biolabs. I mean, the things that I hear are so crazy. I hope that you're hearing the incredulity in my voice and can decipher that I'm being sarcastic and I, I don't support these crazy theories. And, and I don't mean to say that they're wrong. I'm not saying the deep state doesn't exist. And I'm not saying that Zelensky is a saint. Quite the contrary. I don't really care about Zelensky's politics because here's the thing. You give me any part of Europe and I'll find you a bunch of crazy liberals. I constantly argue against Europe. This is European socialism is just that. It's European socialism. They don't believe in the same things we believe. They're a different people. They're, they come from places where there isn't even a lot of racial diversity. In many of these places, you're hard-pressed to find somebody of color. Rich, you sound like a leftist. No, I'm not saying they have to have one either. I'm just saying they don't understand life like we do in America. This is a melting pot. This is a different place. You have entire cities where you can meet someone from every spectrum of the globe. This isn't happening in a lot of European cities. Some of them might, but it's not. And with 70 or 75% of Russia being in the East and only a little bit of it being in the West, it's understandable that they don't consider themselves as European, but more Asiatic or Eurasian. Understood, their problem, not mine. The bottom line for me is when Putin uses these fake, phony, fraudulent terms like denazifying, talking about a couple of thousand people that are hired guns by Zelensky, by that government, really, because they, Zelensky didn't hire them. They were brought on as contractors for the National Guard because there wasn't anybody else. And my dad in Spanish would say, there wasn't anybody else to do that job because the Putin paid separatists were there doing what they do. They go in, they rabble rouse, they get everybody excited. You have some people that become sympathetic to the cause. And now you say, oh, look, this guy agrees with me. This guy agrees with me. We might as well break off. We're breaking off from Russia. I mean, you have the same kind of crazies here in America that are always talking about secession. And every now and again, when people get frustrated, they'll convince a few other people that secession's a good idea. That doesn't mean that it's actually a good idea. It just means that people in a moment of vulnerability and feeling like they have no, no choices, no options, and that there's no hope, they're like, yeah, we might as well move to Texas and become our own country. I mean, these are some of the craziest things that I've ever heard. A country that has a history of losing more life than any foreign war we've ever had was in our domestic war, in our civil war. 
done to keep the country together? I think Lincoln could have said, ah, screw it. What the hell? No hay más nada. Right. Let's let the South be the South, let the North be the North. I'm not getting involved, right? He could have taken that type of pacifistic nature, but I'm glad he didn't. So you got to ask yourself this. Who would want to believe that Russia and Iran are actually the good guys? Maybe it's the same people that want you to think that they are saving Christianity. The same person that makes you think that the West is the devil and that there's only one savior of democracy. And while he's saving democracy, he's going to save Christianity and his wonderful country from all of the evils of Western culture. Somebody who thinks of himself as the savior of the world fighting against the deep state. Who would want you to believe that your country is the real bad guy in all of this? Not just the Biden administration, but the entire existence of your country is what makes this world a, a, a bad place or a worse place to live in. Who would want you to destroy your own country from within? By getting Americans to hate Americans. Who would do such a thing? I mean, one name comes to mind for me, Vladimir Putin. But a second name, and maybe should be in first place, Xi Jinping. How about our friends who start their sessions of, of their parliamentary sessions with a nice shout of death to America, right? Our friends in Iran who aren't friends at all. So whether it's Putin, whether it's China, whether it's Iran, we have a number of enemies. And all of what's going on right now fits right into their narrative. So ask yourself this. Which president of the United States helped Russia by lifting sanctions on Nord Stream 2? Well, of course, that was Biden. Which president is actively helping R Russia to destroy Ukraine by refusing to send jets or, or anything else except for some money? Biden. All right, maybe some small arms, too. I don't want to be uh, inaccurate. So if Biden is the deep state, why is he helping Putin to beat the deep state? If Putin's at war with the deep state, huh? That doesn't even make sense. Why is Biden helping Putin destroy the evidence of these notorious biolabs? I thought this was the Cuban Missile Crisis all over again. Don't we need this evidence? Listen, it's not. We need to wake up for a second, smell the coffee and realize... This is so much bigger. People are so fascinated and focused on these sexy, salacious stories that get them very excited that, you know, they now know how to read between the lines. And they've been told so many times we can't believe anything that we're told. Everything is a lie. We have to believe the exact opposite. So when Trevor Noah says that Joe Biden is failing and that Donald Trump would not have gotten dissed by world leaders like this and this never would have happened. Am I supposed to believe that this would have happened under Trump because I'm not supposed to believe the left? I'm not supposed uh, supposed to believe the fake news? Exactly my point. Stop drinking the pro-Putin patriot Kool-Aid from Oliver Stone and the rest of the scary music. Dun, 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 dun. Putin is good, America is bad, filmmakers, especially the ones on BitChute. <laughs> Be, beware of the BitChute. Stuff there is just absolutely out of control. Somebody sent me something the other day. It was like an hour and 45 minutes. I watched about 45 or 50 minutes of it, and I got to tell you, it was pure propaganda, like literally ripped from state media of Russia. It was as pro-Russia as you could get. The U.S. is bad. The U.S. is bad. They came in. They're imperialists. They sent their vice president, Joe Biden. He's evil. He's in here. He tried to bring industry. He tried to bring this. He tried to bring that. No, not a defense of Biden. But just because Putin doesn't like Biden and doesn't like the West making money in Europe doesn't make him our friend. Not in the least. 
Anyway, I'm going to jump into some other stuff. I know I've been beating this horse for a while now, and many of you hate it. And those of you stuck around and haven't turned the show off, thanks. We're going to go to this story, New York Post. Uh, fascinating story. At least it was blew me away. I was like, who does that type of thing? Chick stabs somebody after seducing him in a motel room because of a geopolitical concern. You're not going to believe it. Anyway, don't move a muscle. More to come straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You see where your business can go. To get there, you may need another 10 trucks. At Century Insurance, we put more than 115 years of industry experience to work to help protect you as you launch a new delivery service or expand into a new region and reach your business goals. Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages and underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to talk to you about this story. I saw it over the weekend. I think it happened on Saturday or Friday night. Crazy story about this woman who uh, apparently meets somebody on a dating app. And it goes south real quick. I mean, this, this is a crazy story. So check this out. This woman allegedly stabbed her date during a sex act as revenge for guess what? The U.S. killing of Iranian general... Qasem Soleimani, a 21-year-old woman allegedly stabbed her date inside a Nevada hotel room in retaliation for the death of the Iranian military leader killed by a drone strike in 2020. This is according to the New York Post. Nika Nikubin, 21 years old, has been charged with attempted murder and two counts of battery and burglary of a business. She's being held on $60,000 bail. Now, Nakubin and the man who she met on the dating website, Plenty of Fish, agreed to meet at the Sunset Station Hotel and Casino in Henderson, Nevada. On March 5th, they rented this room together. The victim picked her up from her home, drove her to the hotel, at which time she, Nakubin, apparently took a shower to freshen up and then went to the lobby to get orange juice to put in the, the drink that they were mixing. They had a few drinks. Next thing you know, one thing leads to another. 
Nakubin climbs up on top of the victim, puts a blindfold on the man before turning off the lights. Several minutes, uh, excuse me, several minutes later, the victim felt Nakobin reach over to the nightstand and stud, uh, suddenly the man says he felt a pain on the side of his neck, quote unquote, giving new definition to this woman is a pain in the neck. The victim then showed uh, Nakobin to the door. He shoved her off, got rid of her, and then she ran out of the hotel room and then he went and called the cops. Now, there's a picture of her here wearing a short, like, mini type of dress sitting on top of, I don't know, this looks like uh, some sort of sports car. I don't know. I can't tell. There's a bunch of pictures of her and the motel. Police said that she stabbed him in the neck for revenge against U.S. troops for killing Qasem Soleimani in 2020. He was the top general who was headed for the um, expeditionary Quds Force of Iran's Revolutionary Guard. He was blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And he was responsible for the Islamic Republic's foreign operations. He also gained prominence for advising the Shiite paramilitary forces that were fighting ISIS in Iraq before it was defeated in 2017. That's according to this article. Anyway, authorities have provided no more information on the victim, blah, 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 blah. The woman admitted to a hotel employee that she had just stabbed a man and confessed to the police that she did it over the death of Soleimani telling an investigator, quote, she wanted revenge, saying that she'd listened to a song called Grave Digger, which gave her the motivation to carry out the revenge attack. She told detectives she only wanted to hurt him, not to kill him. And, and now she's still in jail. Now, I look at this and I think, all right, on its face, it's all sorts of crazy. But in addition to that, when was the last time you heard of a 21-year-old girl that's ki- carrying out revenge attacks in the name of killing some sort of Iranian general. I'm thinking just the whole idea of uh, I went to hook up with some girl in a hotel, and next thing you know, she stabs me in the neck. That poor guy, that's a crazy story. Moreover, the fact that you have this young girl that's 21 years old, and she's got nothing better to do at her time except for killing somebody that had nothing to do with the killing. Except for I think he, she knew he might have been in the military and there was a military base close by that carried out missions similar to that. Cheech Air Force Base, which is just north of Las Vegas. And they're known for flying missions similar to the one that killed Soleimani. Again, stretch to me, unless there's more that we don't know, right? That we're not being told where maybe this guy actually was involved in that strike. And maybe she's some sort of spy and killer that decided, you know what, I'm going to meet this guy or pretend to meet this guy. And I am going to interrupt him. I don't know. I can't do a female Iranian voice. I don't even know what the, how to start with that. But anyway, I thought this was a pretty crazy story. Now, speaking of stabbings, there was a stabbing in the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, crazy as that was, and that was just last weekend. And they were finally apprehended where? City of Brotherly Love. Big shout out to 1210 WPHT Philadelphia on Tuesday. Gary Cabana, 60 years old, he's been on the lam since the incident on Saturday night. And he had been texting back and forth through direct message with the New York Post and I think maybe another media outlet saying that he did it because he wasn't happy with what was going on in the museum. They got him at a Greyhound bus station. They got a tip from uh, NYPD. So Philadelphia cops grabbed him at a Greyhound bus station at one o'clock in the morning. They found him sleeping on a bench, took him into custody. And he told them, quote, I'm the guy you're looking for. I just had a bad day. A bad day. So one guy gets stabbed in the neck for, for Trump's assassination of Soleimani. And this guy says, oh, listen, I'm not a bad guy. 
he told the cops. I just snapped. Ah, unbelievable. Next thing you know, he'll be blaming Biden the way Biden. He'll be blaming Biden the way Biden is blaming everybody else for inflation. You know, whether he's saying, oh, it's transitory. No, 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 no. It's it's COVID. No, 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 no. It's Putin. That's the reason that we have inflation. That's the reason that everything is more expensive, including gas prices. This guy might be doing the same thing uh, with this uh, stabbing. You know, of course, that's that's why he did. Anyway, the article goes on. You can read it. I'll tweet it out if you like. Uh, at Rich Valdez with an S. At Rich Valdez. But I just thought that was a fascinating, um, interesting tale of two different stabbers and how interesting life is becoming. Right? You don't hear stories like that every single day. But more to come straight ahead. I got some interesting audio that I want to play for you, plus a few more thoughts on a few more things. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. And before I go, I want to ask you something. Right? I've been uh, sharing the Just Facts question of the day with you guys. And this is an interesting one. This is from JustFacts.com. And I encourage you, go to JustFacts.com slash rich. You get the newsletter absolutely free. So here's the question of the day. If the cost of farm labor rose by 40% because the influx of illegal immigration and migrant workers altogether slowed down or stopped, how much more would the U.S. family, the average U.S. family, pay each year for fresh fruits and vegetables? Would you be paying $50 more? Would you be paying $500 more, $5,000 more? I doubt $5,000 more because obviously nobody's paying $5,000 a year in vegetables. At least I know I'm not. Maybe I should. Well, anyway, that's the question. If farm labor goes up by 40%, what's it going to cost your family to have fresh fruits and veggies over the course of a year? All right, so let me know your thoughts. I'm uh, really interested in hearing that. At Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez, and I'll put this out on social media as well. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Yeah. an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to again thank you for joining me. I know I'm a little bit uh, a little bit more um, demure today because uh, a lot of things going on, but mainly because I've given up caffeine and I'm only drinking decafs. I guess that's a lot less caffeine. And without my cafecito con leche, and I still have it. I still go to the same spot. I just get, you know, the decaf Cafe Bustelo instead of the serious uh, Cuban coffee that they usually give me. Uh, you know, it makes me a little bit more tranquilo. And, uh, you know, feel like, um, 
you know, I just feel like I'm half asleep is what it is. But anyway, I want to get into this topic here because first I want to give you the answer. The answer from the question of the day, if farm labor rose by 40% because of influx being slowed down or stopped at the border, how much would the average U.S. family pay each year for fresh fruits and vegetables? And the questions were more than $50, more than $5 are more than, or excuse me, less than $50, less than $5, or less than $500. And I made up the imaginary uh, $5,000, which was not actually an option. But the answer, ding, 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 I am correct. Less than $50 per year is what it would cost the average American family. If the cost of farm labor rose by 40%, the average U.S. family would pay an extra $21 per year for fresh foods and foods. <laughs> Take two, security. Take two for fresh fruits and vegetables. <laughs> per a 2017 study by the Gianni Foundation of Agricultural Economics at the University of California, quote, there is little relationship between farm wages and consumer prices for fresh fruits and vegetables for three reasons. First, Americans do not spend much on fresh fruits and vegetables. On average, $530 per household since 2015. Second, farmers receive only a third of what consumers pay for produce, about $165 per household per year. Third, farm labor costs are usually less than a third of farmer revenue and about $55 per household. So if farm wages rose by 40%, this would uh, represent an increase that would be passed on to consumers, but the average spending on fruits and vegetables would only rise by about $21 a year. So again, it's always good to know the facts in an age where even the fact checkers are fakes and phonies and frauds. Go to justfacts.com slash rich and sign up for your free newsletter. You get free stuff. You can sign up for the question of the day if you like. Justfacts.com slash rich. You'll get it absolutely free. One of the best think tanks outside of Washington, D.C. Big shout out to Just Facts. Now, I wanted to um, play this audio clip because there was an article in Breitbart a few days ago that I wanted to go over with you, but it had a lot to do with something we talked about on the last episode where DeSantis was getting beat up. They were saying, oh, it's your don't say gay bill. And obviously those words were never, ever even in the bill. Gay is not in the bill. It's not about gay. It's about having these gender and sexual conversations with kids between pre-K and third grade saying at least wait till fourth grade. I don't even agree with that. I'm thinking you should push it, but that was the number they came up with. So they're saying, don't have conversations with my kid. Teachers can't talk to kids about gender and sexuality between kindergarten and third grade. And I think this is a great idea. But Ron DeSantis was uh, meeting with a few uh, constituents and supporters, and we have the audio. Listen to this. So here's what I can tell you. Uh, in the state of Florida... Uh, we are not going to allow them to inject transgenderism into kindergarten. First graders shouldn't have uh, woke gender ideology imposed in their curriculums. And that is what we're standing for, because we're standing for the kids and we're standing for the parents. Uh, and I can tell you this, there, the chance that I am going to back down from my commitment to students and back down from my commitment to parents' rights yeah. simply because of fraudulent media narratives 
or pressure from woke corporations, the chances of that are zero. So that's Governor Ron DeSantis. And people love that, A, that he's fighting for them, that he's able to articulate what they feel and get so choked up about And not in a good way, in a bad way. They get choked up about this stuff because they're like, you know what, this is serious. This means a lot to me. It means uh, the world to me because it involves my children. But I don't know how to say this stuff, but I don't want to ruin my kids' upbringing by bogging them down with trying to figure out if when they grow up if they're going to be a boy or a girl or if they feel like they're a girl trapped in a boy's body or vice versa. That's crazy. And somehow to protect the innocence of children, people think that you're the bad guy if you do that. Well, this article in, um, in Breitbart came out over the weekend. This weekend was X-Transgender Day or Detransition Day for X-Transgender people to celebrate their detransitioning. Women and men who use social media to share these stories were hashtagging them with detransition. And this is interesting stuff. Once they escape this, and I'm reading the article now, once they escape the pull of transgenderism, they can grapple and overcome with different feelings of inadequacy, confusion, sexual fear, and other psychological problems as they return to normal life. And there's one uh, tweet here from somebody named Grace, and it says, Hi, my name is Grace, and I detransitioned. On the left, it's a picture of me shortly after a top surgery in 2017. This was the darkest time of my life. And it's a picture of her wearing a plaid shirt, and it's really open. You could see her chest. It's very flat. I guess she had uh, like a mastectomy type of thing. Uh, or whatever it's called when you have your breasts removed um, when it's non-cancerous, and short haircut, and still looks like a girl to me, but more boyish. And then on the other side, it's her with longer hair, with a smile, playing with her cat, a little black cat, a little kitten. And on the uh, right, she says, it's me recently as life goes on and life does get better, hashtag D-Trans Awareness Day. Now, i got to be honest, I didn't even know this was a thing, so kudos to Breitbart for putting this out there. It was organized by this um, group called GenSpect, and they help parents and youth, including youth who are trying to recover from surgery. And they had this event because they realized that these woke corporations who join in with pro-transgender groups, they were attacking and denouncing Florida's anti-grooming laws and opposing popular drafts of new laws that are intended to protect kids from these transgender movements. So, I mean, here's another one. Helena, when I was 15, I was lonely and I hated my body. I got sucked into gender ideology online. My school encouraged me and I was easily prescribed a high dose of testosterone at 18 years old. And it was very damaging. This isn't rare. This is a beautiful little girl here who in the picture next to her was a handsome young man. (laughs) And it just makes you think, man, this is so wrong. Why is it that when a kid is not feeling like, you know, let's say Rich Valdez walks in and I happen to be 12 and I go, hey, doc, I don't feel like a man today. I feel like I'm a man trapped in, or a woman trapped in a man's body. Why won't the doctor turn to me and say, well, you know, Rich, maybe you need a dose of testosterone. You know, maybe uh, that, that might help you instead of saying, you know what, let's get you five doses of estrogen and let's transition you into being a woman. I mean, I just don't understand why they take the approach they take. And of course I do understand. I realize it's because that's their goal. I think there's some big evil scientist somewhere that's saying, you know what, if we feed them the story, maybe they'll believe it. Maybe like, I feel like it's a a huge experiment on society. Man, maybe I have a tinfoil hat on right now. 
But could could you imagine that where they say, you know what, let's let's just see what happens if we tell people you could be whatever you want to be, just pick. And, you know, we have science and medicine, and we'll get you to be whichever one you want to be. If you want to be a girl, you can be a girl. If you want to be a boy, you can be a boy. And I think they're, they're, they're charting this. And maybe 50 years from now, they'll come out with a study and say, you know what? We learned in, uh, you know, in 2020 and, and bet- between 2020 and 2030 or between 2015 and, you know, 2045 or whatever it is. We learned that, you know, most of these people ended up killing themselves because it just wasn't a healthy thing. They were really sad whether they got the surgery or not. This really hurt them. And it put them in a bad place. Anyway, the article goes on and it says some people quit the whole transgender movement because they don't have the money to continue or because their parents and friends talked them out of it. But a lot of these youth, especially girls, they quit after they've cut their bodies or deepened their voices. There's another side by side. This one's name is Allie. She says, hi, I'm Allie. I started taking testosterone at 18 because I was tired of not fitting in with other girls. So I thought I'd make a better man instead. Later, I was diagnosed with autism, and it makes all the sense now. And now she's a beautiful young lady. And I think, man, this is child abuse. Somebody should probably be pulling their parents to the side and giving them a little cocotazo across the head so that they could realize, you know, you're, you're ruining your kid. And there's another one here, another one that looks like a boy, then becomes a girl. This is me in 2019 on the left and me today on the right. I feel like myself, but back in the day... I was just a caricature of myself. I was depressed, unhappy, non-functioning, and suicidal. Today, I smile. It's genuine. We finally got some sun in Finland. Back then, we were pretending. Irish psychologist Stella O'Malley found that Genspect helps parents and children, saying on March 12th that detransitioners have been badly treated by society, and we owe it to them to show up, lend them our ears, and make sure that there are others who also hear about these issues. Too few of these people seem to even be aware that medical transition carries a heavy medical burden on the body and seldom lives up to the image of the promised sunlit uplands that they were promised when they become a member of the opposite sex. And that bitter reality is something that we have to realize because it's crushing people. And this goes on and on. I'll share this so that you could see it. I'll put it on social media. I'm on Truth Social, Instagram, Getter, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Parler, all of them. Uh, at least all the ones I'm on. <laughs> and and I will definitely put that out there because I think it's worth reading. It's worth sharing with your friends on social media. Let them know. Or even share this program if you want. Shameless plug for me. I love to always find a new listener. Never met an ear I didn't love or a microphone I wasn't fa- infatuated with. But I just wanted to talk about this because, A, I didn't know detransitioning was an actual movement, that there was a detransitioning day. So kudos to all these people that had the courage to do that, to acknowledge what is right and true and good and holy. Good for them, ultimately, because they're healthy. And I think that's important. Anyway, don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right here. We're going to come back. I'm going to wrap a few things up and a couple of housekeeping items and reminders. And thanks for each and every one of you. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media, at Rich Valdez with an S. And looking forward to your comments. I won't be able to respond to everybody, but I try to get to you as much as I can, and I do appreciate it. I appreciate the encouragement, the story ideas. People send me stuff on Instagram all the time, and uh, and through all of them. But really, Instagram, I get a lot of stuff because it has a great video platform, and it's easy to grab these little sound bites off of there. But 
I wanted to thank you, not only just for participating um, and sharing the show and giving it a five-star rating or whatever star rating you want to give it on, on your podcast app, but because, because of you, we get to continue to reach people, and that never falls deaf on me. I always realize that without the listener, there is no show. And that's something that is important to me and I really appreciate. So when you guys leave those reviews, it, it means the world to me. It really does. And I want to thank you for it. And thank you for sharing this with people because without you sharing it, nobody else hears it. So that's always a, a big thing. Of course, if you're listening on the radio, then a lot of people are hearing it. And big shout out to everybody who's listening on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And if you're listening coast to coast on iHeartRadio or one of the other apps, uh, great. Thank you for doing that. If you're listening to the podcast, same thing. I appreciate that. Now, um, I wanted to wrap up with those words of thanks, but I also wanted to say, you know, we still have this issue at the border. We still have so many problems that America's facing, problems that America needs to resolve. And we can't resolve them without you, the American patriot, without you, we the people, because it's you, El Americano, right? You, that makes the difference. I leave you with the words of Sir Edmund Burke each week. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. And with a quote from Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And to me, these are incredibly important because every day in everything we do, we have to do more. There used to be a time in life where we could mind our business and just take care of our families, but that time has come and gone. And I know that from speaking to so many different people that I get a chance to speak to across the country, where wherever they are, the stories are the same. My kid went to college, came back a leftist. My kid, we raised him the right way, went to church, went to the right schools, but lost their way. We're losing the battle in the media. We're losing the battle on so many fronts, but there's a few heroes out there that are trying to sway culture, that are trying to sway public opinion, that are winning the hearts and minds. El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States is one of those people. But you can tell that he's making an impact because wherever he shows up, there's always... 50, 60, 70, and in the last one, I think there was 80,000 people at the rally. He's reaching people. These rallies reach people. People on radio, they reach people. People in podcasts, they reach people. People at work, they reach people. Each audience may not be 80,000 or millions at a time, but reaching people nonetheless, and that's important. So stand for something, because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Anyway, hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 